in the great dune sea of Tatooine, this is another Bennett Brothers podcast for the Boba Fett TV series, Episode 2, The Tribes of Tatooine. I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey into the Book of Boba Fett. We're in Chapter 2. It's it's Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2. I've seen Chapter and I've seen Episode. I've seen Fire and I've seen Rain. It's called Chapter 2 in the actual TV show. It says Chapter 2 because it's a book, Book of Boba Fett. Anyways, we're going to talk about it. We're going to we're going to spoil the heck out of it. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled, go there to Disney Plus and watch it now or wherever you're getting your Disney Plus television shows from these days. If you want to join the conversation, go to facebook.com slash Brothers Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Better Bros Pod or send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to see any of the other previous podcasts we have done on all the Marvel television shows, the Marvel movies, uh, Star Wars movies, we did some Star Trek movies, we've done a bunch of stuff, you can go to betterbrotherspodcast.wordpress.com or any place you get your podcast at. And while you're there, make sure you give us a nice little five-star or thumbs-up or seven-star review, whatever the reviewing system is, because that helps bring Star Trek movies. Did we do a Star Trek movie? Uh, For a Patreon. There you go. What's a Patreon, Jerry? (laughs) <laughs> nothing what's a patreon with you <laughs> there it is go to if you want to help the podcast out and get mini cast podcast exclusive to patron members go to patreon.com slash bennett brothers podcast just got to donate and you become a patron and it's that easy and we appreciate you for the rest of our lives it's wonderful yes yes now before we get started is there any news you want to talk about I don't think there. I don't think so. No news is good news. With so Gary we're going <laughs> really. <laughs> I guess why not? Uh, so we're going to get right into the episode then. Uh, before we start, this episode is directed by Steph Green, who is a not He's a slight not Robert Rodriguez. Not Robert Rodriguez. This is not a slight, but she is a television director. She directed an episode of Watchmen, an episode of Man in the High Castle. She directed an episode of Preacher. She's done a bunch of stuff for television, and she knows what she's doing. She keeps getting jobs, and she's done some stuff that we love. So kudos to her. Let's see if she does any more episodes this season. This was a longer episode than last season, and I loved it longer. Yes, I did too. Uh, I think it should have been called Lawrence of Tatooine, not Tribes of Tatooine. but You know, you thought it should be called what? Lawrence of Tatooine, because ah. this was a take on Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. The classic movie, Lawrence of Arabia. But yes, this was a longer episode, and if you listen to our previous podcast, you can see I was a little bit down on that first episode. And so where are you at now? I think uh, most of uh, I think that was an opinion shared by a lot of people, not just me. Uh, this, was, this was a significantly better episode, better pace, better storytelling. I'm intrigued in both sides of the story. I will say the second time watching it, I fast forward a little bit because it is more, it, there is a lot of silence and a lot of just atmosphere building. And that's fine on a first watch, on a second watch when I want to get some information down. It was a little like, all right, moving forward, moving along, moving along. I normally don't do that, but this is, was not a heavy dialogue episode. This was a lot more visual. 
I think you zoom forward because you're doing a podcast. I don't think if you were watching it, you would necessarily zip. Oh, because sure, that, true. Those action scenes are all about, you know, mm-hmm. watching what's oh, going on. Oh, you're absolutely, but, but it's visual storytelling. When I have when these action sequences are on, I already know what's going to happen. I don't necessarily need to break down beat for beat of the action versus listening to dialogue that is being told to me that is plot that drives a plot. So this should be a shorter about. podcast. Uh, no, I don't know about that because it's a longer episode. <laughs> Let's go. Who knows? Who knows? So I I definitely think this was a much better episode, and it's starting to answer some of the questions we might have had from the first episode. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought this was more fun than the first episode. Just very excited. Uh, again, it's all about chapters in a book, but this chapter, chapter two, is better than chapter one. I will. You I know, like chapter you, one. you definitely said this during the Hawkeye podcast. You said it in the first one. Like it's hard to judge this one because it's the first hour of a or the first half hour of a six hour movie. I mean, Mandalorian was that way too. I think this is very similar to Mandalorian, where it's it is episodic. Yeah, the Mandalorian was a little more episodic. I believe this is still episodic. It's hard to compare yet because this has a you know outside of the jumping of time, like there is a completed story in this. Uh, I I will say that Hawkeye was definitely not episodic. That was more that was a long long form story uh, driven. You can't pick out an episode and go, oh, this was the one episode that had a beginning, middle, and end with a resolution. This is definitely episodic. So I would say that this is you can judge these episodes as individual stories more than you could of Hawkeye. But that being said, let's go right into the episode. This episode starts off at the jo- at Jabba's palace. We see Fennec. She is bringing the assassin, who we find out is from the Order of the Nightwind, which we've never heard of before. At least uh, I'm, I'm that I'm aware of. I haven't read all the books or the comics, but the Order of the Nightwind. She's Night walking Wind. up. Yeah, these 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 are new. These uh, the Order of Assassin are new for the show, and they are not part of the the, the existing lore. She's actually walking them up, very similar to seeing the droids walk up in Return of the Jedi coming up in there. And, and, and because obviously we know that these things is filmed and where it's filmed indoors, but gosh darn it doesn't, the production just feels huge, especially when that giant door is raising up. Mm-hmm. I, I will say though, I wish they had the iDroid come out, the iDroid from Return of the Jedi that speaks Hades or whatever it was. Well, that's a question of what, what is, I, I, had, I had this question and I was going to bring it up later, but, what is Boba Fett's organization? Obviously, we, we got some information in episode one about who stayed loyal to Bib Fortuna and who stuck or hung around and everything. But we really are only seeing, obviously, two Gamorrean guards and the torture droid and then the two main characters. Now, in the first episode, we saw somebody, either an alien, a character in comp, uh, a fully full uh, covering costume or a robot that brought in the two Gamorreans. And that could have been a bounty hunter. It, could, it definitely didn't have to necessarily be somebody under Boba Fett's, you know, organization. But again, at this point, we, we see three other three other, three other things. We don't see anybody else, like, the, who's yes. running the droid there. So there's a question of how big is his entourage? How big is his, quote-unquote, family? And right now, for us, it's three characters plus Fennec Chen. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Is he going to start adding more people to it? Are we going to see other people that are in the palace somewhere else? His menagerie that they mentioned? Like, is there going to be more creatures in the palace? We don't know. That's I'm curious about that as well. And actually, this sparked a, this sparked a old Star Wars thing in my mind. There was a creature in Return of the Jedi that is like a spider-like creature that has a brain in it. I can't remember the name of it. but you the, see, uh, Something monks. Yeah, the, uh, you, you, because are, of the bee. 
the, you see it walking around when the droids first enter in Return of the Jedi. You see it walking in the background. Those monks are apparently, again, this is all canon that is gone. But these were all droids, or these were all monks that were at the temple before Jabba took it over. Are they still around? Is that is that something like I'm just curious if that's something that's they are happen. the Bomar. The, they're part of the Bomar or Bomar order. It's B apostrophe O M A R R in the comics. I mean, obviously in the movies, we just see them moving in the background, and then they they built a history around them years later, mm-hmm. which was obviously it was an order of a religious order that they would get. Uh, they believe they'd isolate themselves eventually from all physical sensations so that they would just put their brain in a jar. And we've seen, um, we saw some, we saw them, I thought in something recently too, where we saw them out in like a field doing something. I thought it was in the show, but it was clearly something. You know, maybe it wasn't a fan made movie. You're, think, that I saw you're, you're also thinking of the matrix. That's why. No. <laughs> uh, f- fun but, fact, uh, fun fact, Jerry is also just a brain in a jar. That's, that is true. Yeah. So I obviously it's, there was also in the lore was sometimes Jabba would actually, take some of his enemies and just put their brains in the, and those things, the spider like droids as a, as a form of punishment is apparently what that's from. But uh, yes, that's, we haven't seen them floating around since return of the Jedi. It's more of a lore thing that may or may not. And we do know that a lot of the people that were there went either died or went off other places because we'd get to see Max Rebo. So we know that there are those people are out there somewhere. Maybe they'll come back. Well, again, the droid said that when they captured the Gamorrean guards, they said the ones that stayed loyal versus the ones that fled. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about from, from Jabba's part. We're talking literally from Bib Fortuna for however long he was in charge, which we know was five years. So it's that five year period. Yeah. What was, you know, what Bib Fortuna's empire, quote unquote empire, or is he, you know, so that's what that is. All right. So. I hope every time we say Bib Fortuna, O Fortuna, the dun, 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 poof, Max Caliber's playing right now. No? No, not okay, at all. Shame. That was it's weird. It's a shame. It's a shame. So they trick the assassin into thinking the Rancor is still alive, so he says he was hired by the mayor. And this takes yes. us then to Moss Espa. Back to Moss Really cool flyover of the city. Really Anna- cool. Anakin's hometown, which I thought was funny because we see them walking through Moss but I'm like, Fennec, sh- Fennec, Fennec just walked to Jabba's palace and then walked right back. <laughs> she walked right back to the to the town. <laughs> it was wow. Okay. <laughs> there is a lot of walking. There is a lot of walking. Could have taken a speeder. That'd be nice. We have no idea how far they, that place is away. But they go to the mayor's palace and we get to see the now, city. Go ahead. At this point, Boba actually has his helmet on. Fennec yes, has hers very off. Nice. That's there are fine. Trandosians everywhere. Uh, the Trandosians are the Bosque aliens, so we see a lot of them outside. But yes, we're at the mayor's office. We see a city clerk who's played by Galen Howard, and you might recognize him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or he was also in the Agents of, Televi- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. So there's a connection with him and um, Ming-Na Wen. Wait, well, right. as long as he's in, you know, Sons of Anarchy. No, nope, he was not in Sons of Anarchy. What? So they barge in on the mayor, Mark Shia, Mark, Mark Shays. They say his name, but again, I'm going to pronounce it wrong because that's what I do on this. Who is voiced by Robert Rodriguez? What kind of an alien is he? Uh, he's a hammerhead. I don't have the real name of the alien. Ithorian. Because, uh, because, you know, the alien's called a hammerhead. Same as He's Walrus. an Ithorian. Same as he's Walrus, speaking... man. He's speaking Ithorianese, as they say. Yeah, and through also, a translator. Boba, Boba Fett is referred to as the 
the demo or damio damio or yep. damio you know no, no, d-a-i-m-y-o yep. you said, what is that joel uh, damio it's a japanese feudal lord who who is in charge of people and he's mm-hmm. like he's like the king or the emperor or the crime lord is actually really what it comes down to. he's a crime lord so here question for you in this scene here the mayor has the assassin killed Yes. You know, boom, dead, before they can do anything. Why is he not just killing Boba Fett and Fennec Shen? Jerry, I got questions about this. He, like, Who sent the assassins? I think we're supposed to believe the Huts sent the assassins, right? But I why does took that, it more why does, as the mayor was actually covering his tracks. What I took that too, but then he's like, I didn't send those assassins. You well, he's a liar. To... Yeah, but then we're supposed to... That, that's just like... Is Boba Fett believing that? Because Boba Fett leaves and he's like, all right, see you later. I'm going to go do this other thing because we think it might be, you know, the one the one woman sent the assassins and then maybe the Hutt sent the assassins. Like, who sent maybe the, damn the assassins? Maybe, maybe the mayor's uh, major domo did it and he's working behind, you know, he's, he's got his maybe own. Maybe I don't, plan. yeah, it's, I, I, we don't get an answer to that. I don't know, I don't know if we're supposed to have an answer to that or if we're like, mm-hmm. But we'll Boba see. Fett basically says at the point that he is not a bounty hunter. That's not what <laughs> he is. He's like, and you're a bounty I, hunter. You know, he's then, like, I'm not a bounty hunter. And then he's like, yeah. uh, you worked for Jabba the Hutt as a bounty hunter? He's like, well, yeah, I was a bounty hunter. <laughs> like He doesn't even, he gets totally called out. It was so funny. So he finally gets a little bit of money here as a quote-unquote tribute. It wasn't actually the tribute, but he takes it as the tribute, even though mm-hmm. it's a bounty. And then the mayor actually goes, well, here's your real tribute. Running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting. So I love the term family. You're thinking of the mafia and the mob and everything like that. And that's kind of the way, the, the, the approach to a, 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 a crime family, a crime syndicate. So he tells he tells him to go to the Garza Sanctuary. And this is where we were in the previous episode. Once he goes in, that helmet comes off. Yep. So he walk they walk back to this place like, hey, weren't you just here like two days ago or whatever? Well, it takes it, it takes a week to walk there, yeah, so right? it takes a bit longer. Because he doesn't take a, he doesn't have a litter. Speaking of litter, that's when they start hearing some drums and they walk outside and we get introduced to the twins, a pair of they have they have laid a claim to their cousin's bequest. What do you think about Joel, this, Joel? Joel, what's a bequest? Uh, what's a bequest with you? There it is, exactly. <laughs> I, I like them. I like the twins. I thought they looked awesome. I know they're CG or whatever, uh, and I thought they looked fantastic. I, I did. Was, I, the, the, the voice was great. Uh, everything mm-hmm. about it was was good. I loved it. Loved the voice it. was great and all that. Now, I liked it, but on second viewing. I started thinking about so th- what we've where we've seen Huts right we we we've seen the original from Return of the Jedi we've seen we we saw it in epi- we saw it in the special remake with the added scene back in with Han Solo we get to see it in Episode One One the yes. the CG ones compared to the original Jabba the Hutt. do not well, look the puppet. even even these new the puppet yeah even these new ones. Do not stack up to the puppet. I feel that these CG ones, uh, and, you know, actually, uh, I feel that they're the best CG version of all of them. Again, we had like four versions from the Star Wars Special Edition. I agree. Different versions of all those. And I I, I thought that was really good. The puppet. They're still CG though, right? Like you still look at them and go, those are still CG. You don't have, they don't feel real. The mayor... I don't know if the mayor was CG or a puppet, but damn, that, that looked mayor real. looked like a puppet to me. It felt, he looked, pu- it felt real. 
I think that might have been CG though, and it felt real. I wish these I I wish these huts could go back to the being the puppet because it just here's looks the part better. That, no, the I found this out, real. Joel. The Gamorrean guards, those are CG. Yeah, nice. <laughs> those Gamorrean guards are giving hope to fat fat strong guys everywhere. <laughs> Fennec Chen, half CG. It's weird. half CG. Just her eyes though. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it still looks CG, and that's unfortunate because it stands out as CG. And I think uh, it would be nice I, if they're This was real close. I mean, you know, I mean. It, was, it, it doesn't look like the puppet from Return of the Jedi. It doesn't have that great Yeah, how, how real did the scene when, when Luke Skywalker was fighting the Rancor and he, like, runs in front of him and you can kind of. Oh, like, I'm, not, hey, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that was better looking. Right. I'm just saying comparatively, we've seen a puppet Jabba. And we've seen the CG Jabba. If I had a choice between the two, I go back to the puppet because it feels better. Okay, maybe maybe the puppet. You, do you will get still better. feel that way. You still feel that way with Star Wars Episode One, the puppet Yoda versus the CG Yoda from Episodes Two and Three. Or episode? Are they? Did they go back to the puppet Yoda when they did him in the Force Ghost in Episode Seven? Episode you said eight, that, that movie. You said that movie never happened. Episode eight. Well, I'm, I, it did happen. So I, I I'm asking it, about didn't the puppet, didn't the CG Yoda look better than the puppet one from episode one? No, I it did. Much it did, but you. the puppet Yoda from episode seven looks great. And episode six. Not to, I'm sorry, not episode seven. Episode six, five, and six. It's a lot of numbers, Joel. I, 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 there was a, I'm just, maybe I'm going on too far over this, but the, (laughs) the episode seven, episode seven, JJ Abrams made a point to bring back a lot of the puppetry because that was one of the things about episodes one, two, and three were very heavy, heavy on the CG. And he went back to the puppetry. I just say, I think the puppet Jabba feels better than the CG Jabba's. That's just my feeling. I'm sure other people feel the same way, and I'm sure people disagree with that I, I, as got, well. I, I guarantee you also the puppet, to do two giant puppets of those Oh, yeah. Of huts, course. A, a cost prohibitive. Oh, yeah, and the, the animated facial expressions are harder to do with a puppet. But, you know, it's just, again, it's an opinion, and people are free to have their own. If they want to have their own opinion, they should make their own podcast. But well, spending time <laughs> with these twins... You know, you're spe- they're not really the the eye candy in this scene. What's the eye candy in this scene? Well, with the twins, real fast, I like the fact that he's wiping himself down with a creature of some sort. I thought that was awesome, and I also like that the 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 litter itself is bowing from their weight. I thought that was pretty cool too. But obviously, the eye candy is is uh, black chrysanthemum. No, I need, I'm going to pronounce it miserably. Chrysanthemum, chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum? They've never said his name out loud. I've never heard his name said out loud, so it's Black Chrysanthemum. There's two R's. There's no letter at the beginning. It's K-R-R-S. I think there's a Q in there. Santan. Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysanthemum. He's a Wookiee. He's played by the actor Kerry Jones. Kerry Jones is an actor who's worked in special effects and makeup for a ton of movies, including Predator uh, and a bunch of other movies. Uh so it was, it's cool to see someone like that. It's like a Doug Jones, like someone who can do a lot of makeup and special effects work. And now yeah. he's you actually mispronounced his first name. It's Block. Block. Jerry, who is he? No, he is a bounty hunter who was introduced within the last four years or so in the Star Wars comic books uh, that put out by Marvel. And I am reading those, and he's a really cool character. He has actually had a run-in with Boba Fett. You know, comic book continuity is. 
is in continuity until it isn't. It doesn't, you know, it's like, yes, this is in continuity until it isn't. That's And so you always have to keep that in mind. He's met Boba Fett. He's, you know, he's been after Han Solo, Han Solo before. He's, you know, had fought Chewbacca, all this stuff. So now that he's actually in continuity in the in the show, uh, we'll see how much of his back half is. Because his he, normally in the books, he has a scar over his one eye, which I did. It's very pronounced. And I do not see it in at least a little bit we saw him in the show here. And I believe he got that scar from Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I could totally be wrong about he, he that. Co- but I think he it's did. A, he's, he has a comb over that's covering it up. That's why. So Is that true? No, I have no idea. Joke? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Wookiee comb over. Who knows? Another, would be great. Wouldn't it be great as a Wookiee bounty hunter? He has like, like you know, human flesh strands on him, just the way a Boba Fett had Wookiee. <laughs> oh yeah, like fingers, or yeah, ears, like, or something. But no, there's a very cool character, and you know, he just when he first comes on, you see, you see him from behind, and then everything. It's like, oh, he looks awesome. More. What's this character going to do? Again, also, not CG. He's a puppet. He's a he's a uh, he's an actor in a costume. Yeah, but he's obviously just a little tease here. Comes in the little back and forth between the huts and Bobo. I'm here. I own this. We want this. We shouldn't get into a fight right now. Sleep easy, bounty hunter, because we're coming for you. And then obviously Fennec Chen says, you know, hey, you have to get permission to kill a, a hut. You can't just kill him. So that's the end as they're leaving. That's the end of our present day before we go into mm-hmm. our flashback scene for the rest of the episode. One more thing about the the black Crestant, uh, Crestantan. Why do you black, keep black. I'm just gonna call the, him black. The, the bad Wookie. I'm just gonna call him black. He. This is very reminiscent of in uh, Mandalorian how we had an IG uh, uh, bounty hunter. IG eleven. Yeah. So it's it's we get to see you know each each of them is like we're gonna keep putting in these bounty hunters. Maybe bounty hunters we've seen. Maybe bounty hunters we haven't seen. I do hope we get some of the original bounty hunters, a Bosk or a Dengar. Or four LOM. Four LOM. Yeah. Four LOM. Four LOM. I hope we get the, a return of any of those, but it's fun to see these bounty hunters showing up. So, yeah, now we go to the flashback because he's back in the, the tank, and we see Bo- uh, Boba's training with a, a, one of the raiders. Interesting. So you mentioned this last uh, last episode that is one of them played by a woman? Absolutely one of them played by a woman. This is the badass one is played by a woman named Joanna Bennett. No relation. Maybe there's How did you get that name right? My God. I know. By the way, it's not, it's also, it's Bennett with two T's. So we, if anyone out there knows her or is somehow. She's a stunt woman contact, too, correct? Yeah. And some can get contact with her. We'd love to have her on the Bennett Brothers podcast and we'll call it the Bennett Sibling Podcast for that episode. She is a stunt double. She's been an Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman for all mankind. She's actually been, she's actually been on screen as a, a character though in the TV show Powers. Sons of Anarchy? No, Powers. Jerry's one of, Jerry's one of his favorite comics turned into Are a show. Are you sure it's not show. Power, the other show that was no, on? No, Powers. Stars. Okay, okay. She played Rainbow. All right. So you know more about that, that comic. I that watched TV the first series season. was not good. I the watched the first incredible. season, and I didn't watch the second season. I that was on I didn't the PlayStation Network. <laughs> so they're, they're training and all that, and then a, a hover train a, comes through and kills a bunch of the raiders with some of the most amazing shots you'll ever see in your entire life. Before that happens, we see a creature come out of the, the, the sand and kind of scuddy away before the Tuscans kill it, and that is, I believe, the same creature that we see in Return of the Jedi that's that nighttime scene outside of Jabba the Hutt where the it kind of sticks edition. its tongue out. No, no, I think it was in the main it was one. Was that original? Yeah, where he sticks where his tongue burps? out and he catches it. 
Yeah, the burp. I'm 90%. Now you make me doubt it, but yeah, that's always been in there. Oh. Well, there you go. You learned something new on the Bennett Brothers podcast. If, if it was in the special edition and uh, George Lucas wasn't was in involved, the little creature would have burped first before he burped. That's mm-hmm. what he had to do. And then he would have mm-hmm. tooted. Uh, so, so the train comes through, kills. Boba knows what he needs to do, so he goes off. He sees the uh, the Nikto Raiders on their yes, uh, the Nikto Raiders speeder yep. bikes, the swoop the swoop gang. So where do they end up going? Where does he go to get them? As because he's gonna go, he says he's gonna help them take the train. So what location is this? So this is interesting. I'm going based off of what other people say because I don't know this is a fact, but it's pretty, probably pretty true. He goes to Tashi Station with the power yeah, converters. Some power converters. Tashi Station. So he goes there. The Nikto Swoop Gang is there. I remember Swoops. Uh, I remember when they first came out with the idea of Swoops. Shadows was, of the Empire. Yes, Shadows of the Empire. And then we finally get to see one in live action when they did the special edition. I'm sorry. Yep. When they did the special edition and they they extended the opening to Tatooine and we yep. see one swing by and it knocks a job off one of those big creatures. I forgot their names. Uh, but that was the swoops. I remember when the swoops came out as the actual toy. They were really cool. I'm wondering. So he goes to he goes to Tashi Station. But at Tashi Station, there are two people. Jerry, explain who they are. Uh, I'm being told. Uh, I'd seen it online, and also our good friend Tim commented. Tim Curtis, thank you. Tim Curtis mentioned that he had gotten he basically got the information almost the exact same time I did because I was like I I just read this too as he was sending me. On Facebook, which again, Bennett Brothers Podcast uh, on Facebook. That's where you want to get all your good information to and from. These are the characters we're told are Cammy and Fixer, who are two of Luke Skywalker's friends from the book and from the deleted scenes that were in the first movie, as well as characters that were in the radio play version. Uh, you know, Cammy was somebody that Luke was kind of in. She called him Wormy. These are all good characters. This was like huge good deleted characters that were deleted for the right reason, deleted scenes, all of that stuff. I remember going, oh, I wish we had that whole big scene and all that stuff. No, after watching it, you're like, yeah, they, they, they did Star Wars the right way. He, he definitely cut the right footage. But these characters are obviously different actors, but they're the same characters in a cameo way that has no effect on the story going forward as far as we know. I don't think they'll ever will, but that's who they are. Yeah, I like that he has the, like the 1970s Haircut with the sideburns going on to keep the to keep the same aesthetic. Now I'm wondering, and, at the, and at, the technology was 1970s, like when they're at some sort of video council game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It feels like something out of 1979. Yes, I'm wondering if so. If these characters are the characters that you know were Luke's friends, I wonder if Luke has returned to this planet in the five years since then and seen any of these people because he grew up well there. he did return he returned in return of the jedi and he killed jabba the hutt he did you're absolutely yeah i was wondering about after after the the scenes of return of the jedi after after return of the jedi in general because i'm sure when he went to tatooine that time he didn't go hey before i go rescue han solo i'm gonna go do stop by and say hi to some friends real fast just you know I'm just wondering after Return of the Jedi, does he have Based some on the downtime? Comic books, he, I, I think he does. As far as again, again, continuity of the comics can be thrown away in the blink of an eye. But I believe he's been to Tatooine. I don't think he's interacted with these sure. characters, but I believe he has actually. Maybe in the books or whatever, but he has in the comics been to Tatooine. Well, we also know Ray eventually goes back to Tatooine and all that, and buries some lightsabers there, and so oh, those are all going to be. Up <laughs> <laughs> so, so Boba comes in. He beats up the gang. 
he really only kills one of them. He shoots one of them, but the rest of them he kind of beats up. So I'm hoping that everyone in that bar takes off the minute he leaves because, like, we got to get – these guys are going to wake up and they're going to be pissed because he, st- he steals their swoops. And then he goes back to the camp. Uh, just fun fact, Jerry. Uh, do you know – and I'm not sure they did it the same way in this, but do you know how they did the original Banthas from the movies? Elephants. They had they had an elephant and they put a costume on the elephant and like a face mm-hmm. like a mask on it and everything like that. Now I'm not sure if they did the same thing with these. I don't, I don't know if they brought elephants into the set or if these are all CG banthas or what. But it's a good question. I'd That's be a curious good to find out. So he gives these. Swoops. I mean, we saw these creatures in the Mandalorian too. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, probably the same with that. He gives the swoops to the, the raiders, and I like the scene here where they start beating it up and start destroying him. He's like, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and then we get a whole uh, training, training montage, montage of him training. Fun little training montage. Has some funny moments. Really cool. The train then comes back. Oh, we get more training of Boba, so Boba is actually increasing his training, and he's getting better. Using the gaffy stick, yeah. Yep. The train comes through, and we find out... And I should have mentioned this earlier. The people that are on the train are the Pike Syndicate. The Pike Syndicate is... We have seen the Pike Syndicate on screen. Clone Wars. In the Clone Wars animated, and they look different because they weren't wearing masks, but we also see them in the movie Solo. Yes. Speaking of Solo, we get a train heist, which is something we saw in Solo as well. We yeah, get a true. fun little train heist here. Uh, it's fun. I don't know if you want. Do you want to talk about it at all? It's just it's 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 a fantastic action scene. Everything going back and forth. What stood out to me in this sequence was how he, you know, first off, we lose Tuskins left and right, but we still have a, a group that he kind of protects. He saves one's wounded. He's got. I like the fact that there are. One's going through. It's not just at the end. It's only just him or him and the incredible female Tuscan. It's like there are a few other ones there. True, he's trying to save them, and I like that. I don't like when everybody but our main hero gets killed because it's it's almost cliche. I like that these are brought on. I, I speaking of the female Tuscan, is she obviously is incredible. She's badass. the way she does everything here. She's complete badass. We have the engineer droid who crashes the train and then scuttles off. <laughs> Becomes which I a spider. Was fine. <laughs> Yeah, that was all good. No, this was a wonderful mm-hmm. action-packed sequence. I could watch it again and again. It was that good. Yes, it was good stuff. So they have the syndicate down there. This when we finally see them unmasked, which I thought was interesting because the way they look in Clone Wars and the way they looked in Solo are completely different. But they just said this is what they they were wearing masks the whole time. So I thought that was I thought that was a nice uh, continuity fix. They definitely seem like a water species of some kind which means man why would you be on this planet <laughs> it's, it's pretty warm pretty hot although the, you know the plant the history of, of Tatooine, i read apparently was mm-hmm. the planet actually had water on it i mean within the the lore the legends kind of but then it got blasted by some race based on something or other that they basically fried up all the oceans and that's what you know kind of destroyed Tatooine to make the it a dune, desert the planet. dune sea See, Jerry, yes. the Dune Sea. No, yeah, yeah, that's I, that's oh, that's really interesting stuff. Who knows if it's canon still? Because again, that was, those were in books that got wiped away. So Boba's sitting there. I want to uh, real fast. Throne, real fast. The, the syndicates. There's the there's three main ones. There's the Pike Syndicate, which we see here. There's the Hut Syndicate, and then there's the Black Sun Syndicate, which we saw from Solo is being run by Darth Maul. So there are the, those are the three main. Uh, I think you're thinking of Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. 
what Black, Sun Black Sun is from Shadows of the Empire, and it's yes, those uh, are the main. They still exist. It, they still Black exist. Sun, there's four. Who's what is Black? Isn't Black Sun a crime syndicate too, or no? Yeah, yeah. Black so Sun, four now. Crimson Dawn. Yeah, there's four. The Pikes and the Huts. The Huts. Yes. There's well, there's four. four. There you go. Yeah. So he's by sitting the way, there. By the way, let's let's talk about this for a second. Speculation time. You know, we live in a world now with these TV shows where after the Mandalorian decided to bring back a certain Jedi and blow our minds. You can say we talk about like who could show <laughs> up Luke Skywalker. if they decided to bring characters into this. I speculate just because they're dealing with the underworld and everything like that. I, you know, there's obviously be like, oh my, what if they de-age a Han Solo and bring him back or Chewbacca or whatever? I'm thinking more like they're going to try and tie into the Crimson Dawn from Solo. And I think there's a good chance that the character of Kira who is played by the mo- the mother of dragons, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, whose name is escaping me right now, Emily? But uh, Emil, um, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, there it is, that must be it. <laughs> Amelia no, uh, Earhart. <laughs> no, but she's, uh, she's uh, you know, they signed her for a three-picture deal with Solo, just like everything else. And the reason I say that is because the comic books are having, they just kind of finished this whole... Amelia Clark, thank you. Where they they just finished this big massive story of the War of the Bounty Hunters, and they introduced Crimson Dawn into that around the same time about around, like the right when Jedi, right during Jedi, and her character's back and bringing up a building up an empire. That tells me if there is any continuity with the comics, they're going to try and bring her character up and build up this whole storyline and kind of take everything that was going to happen in Solo and say let's just push it to this time period now. So if she shows up, that would be a, a very interesting development, I would think, if they decided to push that that particular uh, Crimson Dawn crime syndicate. It's going to be Darth Maul, and then it's going to make the Obi-Wan Darth Maul thing not, not canon anymore. Uh, no, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so b- back at the camp, or do you want to say anything about him sitting on, looking like he's on a throne? Well, he's sitting there, at there and, and they're basically, he's like, hey, are you, dealing anything with spice he's like what's spice and then a bunch of spice filled. he was like you know spice from kessel's uh you know the mines oh, like, oh it's not looking spice. good for spice <laughs> that's spice oh that's what you meant okay yeah but basically he says hey no we were we were we thought they were mindless you know you know savages out there and we're just trying to protect our our, our route he's like nope now you got to pay for the passage and you guys are walking back and you're heading off to anchorhead which is where Luke Skywalker was going to take, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi in the first one. I can take you as far as Anchorhead, which is where I mentioned to that word. But eventually, he's like, "Yes." Yeah. So now he's got this 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 tribe, which we see a lot more Tuscans show up. <laughs> like, wow, I guess they were all just hanging out in the in the Dune Sea, but they must have have a, a form of communication because they there was a lot there. I, well, I, th- from- I think there was. I think there's just more of that tribe, but there are multiple tribes. It is mentioned that there are multiple tribes. Well, that's actually. Um, there was a conversation when they were mm-hmm. talking about the multiple tribes, and I think that happened before all this when he was talking with uh, the leader. And wait, do we talk about the? No, no, it's right here. This is the part we're right talking here. about. Yep. I'm sorry. So we go to the camp. So this is the part where we're talking about the the other tribes. Yep. And he, and what I thought this was interesting is when the 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 leader of the Tuscans is talking. He's like, "We are a tribe that does this. Other tribes survive by killing," and that feels like a reference to Revenge of the Sith when, or maybe it was Attack of the Clones, uh, when Anakin, it was Attack of the Clones, when Anakin meets those other Tuscans who basically killed his mom. And that also would help explain why they're females 
we're dressed differently and, and, and treated differently. It's a di- you know there, there's mm-hmm. no one universal Tuscan. So I like that. I thought that was really good. It also ties in the fact that before this we saw the Tuscans last season on the Mandalorian, kind of working with everybody. And I was like, oh, that this that actually helps explain that better too, because up to that point we had only seen the Sand People as jerks, both in Star Wars the first episode, uh, I, I'm sorry, episode four when they were shooting at the speed uh, the the pod race in episode one and obviously in episode two when they killed his mom. So we'd only seen them in a very negative light. And then in Mandalorian, we saw them in a little more positive, like they were out there as a tribe. So this actually, this conversation with that bit of dialogue saying there are other tribes that did survive by killing kind of answered that for me. I also think that makes this world much better. That fact that they're not just these mindless creatures that they have, they're, they're native Americans. Basically they have these, they have different tribes out there and different ways of different beliefs and ways of thinking and they love and they, they die and they get sad. I think that's awesome. I think that adds to the mythos and I love it. Well, also think about in the first star Wars movie, episode four, we kind of like, like the Jawas to a certain degree and the sand people are bad. In fact, when the Jawas get killed, they make it look like the sand people because their sand people are known for that kind of stuff. But in reality, we're looking back here, it's like the Jawas were the jerks. They're the ones who <laughs> were jerks in this show versus the sand people weren't. Mm, interesting. So the chief so is... obviously we get to this, this point here. This is where um, Boba gets his COVID test, right? Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, but he gets, he gets a lizard put up into his brain, which is just the most awful thing I could think of to have actually happen. That's like an earwood crawling into your ear. Like, there's nothing worse than that, right? Well, yeah, you're talking about Star, 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 Star Trek 2, baby. <laughs> yeah, right? So he basically... This is City he goes, Alpha 5! He gets high, and he goes on a vision quest. This is very interesting. It's it's There's a lot to analyze if you really want to dive into this. Like, there's two trees, and that's representing Django and Boba, and Boba doesn't want to follow his... His, his, you know, doesn't, this explains why Boba has such a change of heart, that he doesn't want to follow his dad and his bounty hunter ways, but he wants to, you know, live a better life, and he doesn't want to get sucked into the tree, and this is real, there's a lot going on here. The one thing that I thought was interesting that I didn't get till the end credits was, you see all these red eyes, and I'm like, what are these red eyes? And then you see the drawing at the end, it's clearly Jawa eyes. I don't know if that, did, did you get that right away when you saw those red no, eyes? No, not right away, because the Jawa's eyes either. are usually yellow. They're exactly. Exactly, and you, I didn't. I didn't get it until I saw the end credits when they do all the paintings concept. Art. I didn't I even like, notice that. That's good. Oh, catch. they're good Jawas. The in Jawas, you know, they steal. They they stole his uh, his armor and stuff like that. So stealing his his family uh, heritage. But the whole point of this was he goes on this quest, goes off. He basically takes a branch from this tree, so he brings the the branch back after. Before, him, real, real quick, he also. The the sand changes into water like Camino, and we see flashbacks to Camino and flashbacks to his childhood again, which I thought was mm-hmm. intru- was fun. But he gets so, the he gets the lizard out, pops right out of his nose, and then we get to see him getting suited up, what looks like the outfit he wore when we first saw him in Mandalorian season two. Yes, it's the black undergarment. That's how he got it. That's how he gets away from his white under under robes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the Which, white the white undergarment always looked like he was running around in long underwear. It just looked bad. Huh. I, I I always thought Boba Fett looked badass, so the white was fine. And I'm the white yes, the white just by itself makes him look like he's running around. But the white underneath yeah. the Boba Fett armor. Oh looks no, cool. absolutely, absolutely. So basically, he's. You you also want to point out that as he's getting robed up here, it's very reminiscent of when he was getting his Boba Fett gear put on in the first episode. Yes. 
So he's going to get uh, his gaffy stick made here. Now, I don't know if you caught this or not, but when he goes over, female takes him over to this area, which has, like, the tools they use to make the gaffy stick. I don't know if you notice this or not, but the, the there's, like, this uh, metal coming out of the ground and, like, a half-cylinder shape around them. And that's a reference to one of the very first, if not the very first, Ralph McQuarrie painting of the Sand People. It's the same background. I read that. I've never seen. I didn't see the painting though. So. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I grew up with that painting, and then I and then I saw a side by side, and it's clear. Uh, but yes, I, then I actually I'm like, oh my god, that is because you know, that's a painting that I probably looked at hundreds of times in the '70s when all you had to look at was a couple of images from a book. So that's awesome that then, they keep yeah. they keep utilizing the Ralph McQuarrie paintings and the look of the original look of Star Wars, the idea behind Star Wars. Obviously, when when he first. When George Lucas first wrote this, he took a lot of like inspiration from uh, not just the serials, but from like Japanese samurai and Native Americans, and he took all this stuff. and I like that they're going back to the roots of it, where and that that, that and it has the feel of Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars, and I like that a lot. So then we so bring then us we home, bring us home. yeah we come to this last scene here where they do a tribal dance around the fire and. My God, does this look badass! I don't know about I don't know how you felt about it, Jerry. Each time I, I watched it like three times because I'm like the way it's shot, the way they stand up, and it, it looks awesome. And that's how they end the episode. And it's funny I that you loved say that. It. I'm watching it and I'm going. I said this out loud while we're watching. I go, I go, I this should be because the way he's doing it and everything. When I'm watching, I go, I go, this should be silly or could be silly. But it's totally working, and it's totally badass. Ugh. I actually said that. I go, I go like, like the idea of moving it and doing this. I'm like, oh, when I first saw it happening, I'm like, oh, is this kind of, is this gonna be hokey? But no, it's working. It's really working. This it could really, totally the camera yeah. work on it, everything. I know yeah, it's, it works. I know it's reminiscent of a haka, which is, uh, uh, you know, New a battled, a New Zealand battled uh, cry, which is dance. part of his the mm-hmm. actor's heritage. But and yeah, it's no, very reminiscent. One. But this is the way they're walking in that circle. It, oh, the by the ca- time oh. they're all doing it, oh, it, really mm. it was. It was. You okay? It, it, I just. I if you're Do absolutely you need a right. You're absolutely right. This could have been so silly, but it comes across as just awesome. What I, about I what about? It. Okay, so they had the it. same scenes happening, Joel. But instead, we're hearing jub jub. It'd still be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, funny, I, I forgot to mention that. Uh, maybe we did mention I don't remember. At the very beginning, when the assassin talks to them, he actually throws out the the, the swear or the curse word, Ichuta. Yes. Which, where was the first time? We, oh, you probably saw that. You saw this, Return you know, of the, the Jedi. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. When uh, he, we know, see the other yeah. C-3PO droid. The other, yeah, the protocol droid. Yes, yeah, so Ichuta. Which we've heard and actually uh, in the prequels also. Yes. Right up there with Slimo. Slimo. <laughs> oh, God. Boomba. So yes, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Your thoughts? Anything change? No, it the was greatest it episode was, of all time. No, no, no. It, but my their that first episode is a better first episode because episode two. It starts to explain things that are going on and how Boba. It, why Boba's acting the way he's acting, and I hope they continue that because we talked that about was, that. Like, that you know, I know, you might enjoy oh, absolutely, and I that that and that is good storytelling when you can 
see why people are acting the way they are. They're not just, they're not, he's not acting out of character. You know, he's becoming a badass. And he's changing his mindset and why he wants to rule with respect. And, and he's not just the bounty hunter anymore. Now, that being said, I would rather just see him flying around being a bounty hunter. I think that would be awesome, awesome television show. But I can see that they're You already to have one. It's called The Mandalorian. It is called The Mandalorian. You're absolutely right. So, yeah. Any, any your thoughts change at all? No. Great episode. Fun. I look all right. To that one. brings us to the end of this episode. Coming up on the feed will be Chapter 3 as the six-part Boba Fett series continues. We are enjoying it. I hope you are enjoying it, too. Please get in contact with us and let us know your thoughts. Again, go to that window. Open it up. Yell. We'll, we'll definitely hear you. It's, that's clearly what's going to happen. Or, so or Yodel. Until, or Yodel. Yes, so. or Yodel. Baby Yodel, remember? From Baby Yodel, Mandalorian. Yeah. So, all right, guys. That's it for now. I'm Jerry. I'm Joel. Talk to you next time. <laughs>